Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. In Judaism, there is a Hebrew term called pikuach nefesh, which describes the principle in Jewish law that the preservation of human life overrides virtually any other religious consideration. When the life of a specific person is in danger, Almost any positive commandment of the Torah becomes inapplicable. I am sure that for many, this is a surprise. That for many of my listeners, you are accustomed to thinking of Jewish laws as being inviolate. But the concept of pikuach nefesh doche et shabbat the concept that the saving of a life um, overrides Shabbat and other positive commandments is embedded in Jewish tradition. And this morning, I want to speak to you both about the traditional understanding of pikuach nefesh, and then I'm going to invite a guest in to talk about a more modern application of it. So let's start from the beginning. The Torah in Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 18, 5 states, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. Chai Bechem, I am the Lord. The Jewish understanding of this phrase from Torah is that Jews should live by Torah law rather than die by them. In addition, Yechezkel, the prophet Ezekiel, states in 2011, And I gave them my statutes and showed my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live by them. Many of you have listened to the show often enough to know that in terms of Jewish uh, homiletic interpretation, these two biblical phrases, one from Vayikra and one from Yechezkel, the prophet Ezekiel, allow the interpreters to suggest that living by the laws is certainly more important than dying for them. The Talmud discusses a number of cases as examples in which biblically mandated laws can be disregarded for the saving of a human life. In the Talmud, all of these examples relate to Shabbat prohibitions rescuing a child from the sea, breaking apart a wall that has collapsed on a child, breaking down a door about to close on an infant, and even extinguishing a fire to save a life. The earliest part of the Talmud, known as the Mishnah, discusses when one is permitted to break his or her fast on the Day of Atonement. And we read in that section of Mishnah, Yoma, the section on Yom Kippur, if one is seized by a ravenous hunger, ostensibly this is referring to something life-threatening, he may be given to eat even unclean things until his eyes are lightened. The rabbis understood pikuach nefesh, the importance of saving a life, as to be so 
paramount that even on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, when one is expected to fast from sundown to sundown, if something like an illness or something as identified as a ravenous hunger took over your essence, then you are permitted to eat and not only permitted to eat to save your own life, but permitted to eat unclean things, which would mean non-kosher things, um, in order to preserve life. Of course, the principle of preserving life, pikuach neshesh, has limitations. The individual whose life is to be saved must be a specific, identifiable individual rather than an abstract or a potential beneficiary. There is some disagreement about whether pikuach nefesh overrides, pikuach nefesh dochet Shabbat would apply to halting a specific, identifiable, immediate, and well-known ongoing threat in a well-identified community, given the advent of public health, like the disablement of the Broad Street pump In 1854, Broad Street cholera outbreak, as reported by Jon Snow, the Broad Street pump posed an immediate risk to many lives, with no specific individual identified as a threat. Instead, everyone living close enough to the Broad Street pump to draw water from the infective source was in life-threatening danger any time they grew thirsty and craved a drink of water. John Snow identified the Broad Street, Broad Street pump as problematic on a Thursday. It happened to be September 7th, 1854. And the pump handle was removed on a Friday by members of the community. To definitively disable the pump, as the Broad Street community did that Friday after Shabbat began, an observant Jew, whether acting on confirmed conscience alone or shorthanded, would have to suspend Shabbat under Pekuach Nefesh, removing the pump handle, surround and cordon off, or by some other means prevent use of the pump handle without interruption through the night and the following day, to guarantee that no further water was drawn from the deadly and infectious source as an immediate and ongoing threat to life. Under the narrowest interpretation of Pekuach Nefesh, an observant Jew must wait until a passerby makes contact with the pump handle, clearly expressing an intention to pump in order to suspend Shabbat for the purposes of Pekuach Nefesh. Another question is what constitutes a life-threatening situation? Some situations are clearly life-threatening, such as one who is dying of a disease and will die without medical intervention, or one who is drowning and will not be able to escape the water without help from another. But in other situations, it may be unclear if a life is truly in danger. For example... If a person is feeling extreme pain, this may be tremendously uncomfortable, but it is not clear according to Jewish law whether it may lead to death. It is always preferable to act on the side of caution, namely violating Jewish law, even if this retroactively turns out to be unnecessary. 
If one is in danger of losing a limb, mobility, eyesight, suffering the loss of some other function vital to one's future survival, or maybe in danger of a new health problem developing that may ultimately shorten one's life, the situation is considered to be life-threatening. Now, I hope that this has introduced you to the concept of pekuach nefesh and some of the dynamics involved with it. We are going to speak more about this this morning, but at this moment, I would like to invite my guest, Rabbi Cantor Daniel Ben Lolo, Cantor Daniel Ben Lolo of Kehilat Beth Israel of Community Beth Israel of Ottawa, Ontario, to join me online. Good morning, Cantor Ben Lolo. Good morning, Rabbi. How are you today? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I am feeling well with God's blessing. Amen. You've heard me introduce to the audience the concept of Pekuach Nefesh, <laughs> and there are many aspects of it that we haven't discussed. But you're not joining me this morning necessarily as a halachic expert, though we might chat about that a little later. You're joining me this morning because you are involved in a project that is part of the ongoing commitment of the Jewish people to the notion of pekuach nefesh. So I'm wondering if you could uh, share with our listeners about the project you're involved with. Thank you very much, first of all, for uh, giving me this opportunity. Uh, and uh, your topic this morning is uh, very uh, comes uh, um, almost uh, piggybacks on this and this wonderful uh, concept of pikuach nefesh to save a life. And of course, we know um, uh, from the Talmud that we uh, we say one who one who saves a life uh, saves the uh, world entire. Um, there is, like you mentioned before, some modern applications to how we can actually uh, perform pikuach nefesh. Um, and the, this uh, concept actually got me thinking, and, uh, and now um, we are putting together a wonderful, wonderful concert, uh, a musical concert, to, uh, and uh, involving also people that are going to be uh, singing on stage, uh, people who have developmental disabilities, uh, and uh, who know uh, some of them who have physical disabilities and who know exactly what it is and how hardship is. And I know that uh, they have been uh, through this pikuach uh, nefesh, hardship and, and uh, intervention many in many times of their lives. They are going to be singing with, uh, this is called the Tamir Neshama Choir, a wonderful choir that's going to be on stage singing some great songs with, again, some, uh, some uh, great artists that are going to join me on stage. It's going to be taking place at uh, Kehilat Beth Israel, which is 1400 Coldry Avenue. And the name of the concert is a concert for life. And it involves uh, Magen David Adom, which is uh, equivalent to, to the Red Cross, but it's, in a, uh, it's a, from Israel. Um, and it saves lives, and uh, the great thing about it, it saves Jewish lives as well as Muslims, li- Muslim and Christians, anybody who needs help. And also, they are dispatched uh, when there is a calamity in the world, an earthquake, uh, uh, 
uh, and uh, they go there and they uh, help and give a, a, a good helping hand. So if I understand for the moment, let's just clarify, sure. Sure. Um, you are um, participating and guiding a concert. And what date is this concert taking place on? Uh, this concert is going to be Sunday, June the 11th. Okay. So on Sunday, June 11th, you're part of a concert. Um which will have a number of different musical performers. Um, and this concert is in support of Magin David Adom, the, the Israeli equivalent of uh, the Red Crescent in Muslim countries or Correct. the Red Cross in Red Cross. Christian countries, even though we might not think of ourselves as a Christian country anymore. Um, we have the symbol of the cross representing Christianity. Um, and also, I just would like to add that uh, it's Canadian Magen David Adom and Canadian Blood Services. Aha. So, yes. in addition to this being a fundraiser to, that showcases uh, talent from many different places, and this will be a fundraiser for... Um, those organizations, both in Israel and here, that deal with saving a life. Correct. Have I got that right? You've got that right. So interestingly, also, at, the, at uh, 6 p.m., which is on the same day before the concert that starts at 7 p.m., uh, uh, Canadian Blood Services will have a table here. and uh, At if your you synagogue. Know, at the synagogue. And right. we'll, uh, if you have uh, any, uh, any doubt on what your blood type is, as they will be able to tell you that right away. Um, they will be able to, uh, to do a little uh, kind of um, drawing of a little bit of blood from your finger and tell you what type of blood you have. Uh, and also at seven o'clock we have the concert and three speakers are gonna be there. Uh, two, three doctors, one that re- will represent the Canadian Blood Services. And uh, there will be two others, um, two others that will, uh, Rabbi, I'm so sorry, Rabbi, I'm thinking of you now, uh, Doctors Dworkin and Dr. Uh, Friedhoff, who have both gone to Israel uh, representing all, also seeing what Canadian Magen David Adom is doing in Israel. Uh, Great. So, so they'll be speaking also. That sounds like a fascinating evening mm-hmm. and certainly worthwhile causes. I'm wondering, um, as you prepare this concert, we're going to get to the music in just a bit, but as um, our listeners are um, participating with us this morning, Cantor Ben Lolo, can mm-hmm. you chat with us a bit about how... Um, Magen David Adom, the Israeli Red Cross, or the uh, Red Jewish Star, I suppose would be the way we translate Mm -hmm. it, how they act as an agent of the concept Pekuach Nefesh. Namely, how do they understand the role that they play in making real the Mm -hmm. Talmudic and biblical uh, commandment to save a life. 
It's a great question, uh, and I see that dimension uh, uh, through Magenda Vida Dom and what they do. They, um, again, the interesting part would be if Canadian Magenda Vida Dom or Magenda Vida Dom Israel, per se, um, not only saves Jewish, Jewish lives, but they will go in to anywhere where there is a need for uh, emergency rescue. So if uh, any uh, Muslim in uh, any of the uh, uh, lands that are around, uh, even if it is the, uh, a Christian uh, uh, that needs help, so they have no, there is no religion, there is no race, there is no uh, creed. It's ex- exactly what Pikuach Nefesh is all about, saving a life. It doesn't say to save a Jewish life or save a Muslim life, etc., or any other life. It just says uh, one who saves a life. And I think that Magen David Adom, it really represents this whole concept by saving anyone who needs it. Uh, so and if, also, if I'm going to just add sorry, to that ahead. by giving some examples for our listeners. Sure. So, for example, a group from... Israel, under the auspices of Magan David Adom, went to Haiti in 2010 after the major earthquake there. Correct. And as many of us know, um, the Jewish population in Haiti is minimal, if not non-existent. Correct. I want to quote... Um, one of the individuals who went, and he said, um, this is from Matty Goldstein, who was uh, the commander of the Jewish rescue mission in Haiti. We did everything to save lives despite it being Shabbat. People here asked, why are you here? There are no Jews here. But we are here because the Torah orders us to save lives. We are desecrating Shabbat with pride in order to save Shabbat. And perhaps we can think of other um, tragedies throughout the world where if we looked closely amongst the many uh, countries who sent rescue teams, we would find representatives of the Magan David Adom and the Jewish uh, commitment to saving a life. Um, So that follows up on what you were saying about the worthwhile nature of the organization and its lack of discrimination. Um, But since you began this morning talking about the concert, I'm wondering if we can spend some time talking about the kind of music. You've told us what a great cause this will be and how people might want to mark the date, uh, June 11th, a Sunday evening at 7 p.m. on their calendar um, at Kehillat Beth Israel on Coldray Avenue off of uh, Kirkwood. But what kind of music might people hear? And if your voice is up to it, maybe you'll give us an example, uh, because asking me to sing would not be helpful to our listeners. I was going to ask you to join the concert. Yeah, I knew that. But you're only going to ask me to join it after the concert is over. 
Well, it's going to be very eclectic. Here, I think that's the word uh, a bit like what uh, what uh, Pikuach Nefesh is actually so eclectic in its uh, translation. But the music will be as eclectic. We're going to have um, um, some uh, choirs are going to be singing Yiddish uh, songs, a couple of Hebrew songs that have won Eurovision uh, many, many years ago. Uh, there is going to be some very, um, uh, we have another singer, Adam Moscow, who's going to come and two uh, very popular uh, Broadway songs. He's very often on Broadway shows. Um, and uh, we're going to be singing a little bit of Leonard Cohen's uh, repertoire uh, because we believe that because it's the 150th anniversary of Canada, we would like to implement some uh, Canadian content. Uh, Oscar Peterson's Hymn to Freedom, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so there are, it's so eclectic that it's very hard to pinpoint what kind of concert it will be. Uh, it's going to be for every taste. Uh, and, uh, and I think that, um, it, it, like, for example, we're only giving, uh, $10 minimum donation. This is a, this is the entrance fee because we don't, we're not doing this specifically to charge people. We will make sure that whatever, whoever wants to give will give from their free, uh, free will and from their heart. And, and the music hopefully will inspire them. Uh, to continue giving to good, great causes. Canadian Blood Services is an amazing cause, uh, and I know they save lives every single day, and every single day people need blood. So uh, I know Rabbi Bulka is, uh, uh, we, call, we call, I know that uh, Mr. Seymour Eisenberg, who's the chapter of Canadian Magen David Adom here, called him up, and, and of course he's endorsing this because of, Canadian blood services is a very important thing in, so, in his so life. So I, I um, want to clarify that you're um, calling upon the sacred name of Rabbi Reuven Bolka, uh, <laughs> one of the longest serving rabbis in our Ottawa Jewish community. Correct. Uh, rabbi Bolka, who is uh, ha- is the rabbi emeritus of uh, Makziki Hadass Congregation and Modern Orthodox Congregation in Ottawa, Ooh. was one of the leaders in the Jewish community, um, helping people understand that according to Jewish law, one could save a life through organ donation and blood donation. There was some confusion among traditionally oriented Jews about whether um, donating your organs to for the use of others um, fell within pekuach nefesh, or whether it challenged other Jewish laws about burying the body whole, uh, likewise within, with blood donating. And so it's very fitting that in a concert directed towards uh, life and saving lives, Rabbi Bolka would certainly be supportive. I'm not going to let you get away in the few minutes that are left to us without um, talking about Leonard Cohn's music. Many of the listeners uh, know uh, some of Leonard Cohn's music um, and that they know that he is one of the great Canadian uh, songwriters and poets of the last 50 years. And much of his work is, of course, accessible 
to the general population, and we know of songs like uh, sung by Judy Collins and Joni Mitchell, um, Clouds and Suzanne, and other popular songs uh, made popular and successful by uh, non-Canadians. But uh, Leonard Cohn also had uh, two or three songs that were. Uh, a reflection of his own Jewish roots. And since you mentioned him, perhaps you could speak um, to both his first Jewish song and his last song of great Jewish meaning. Yes? Is that putting you on the spot, or can you do that? A little bit, but I I appreciate being on the spot. Okay. (laughs) Especially by you. (laughs) So the last song, song, or you want to start with the first song? Well, the first song is, is, is I think, the, the if I'm not mistaken, and we're talking about the same one, which is very popular, that has been brought back to and resurfaced. Uh, um, I, I, think it, I think it resurfaced in big time during the Shrek movies, the first Shrek movie, uh, where Hallelujah came back up. Um, and uh, Hallelujah was now, is now world-renowned. Uh, I just finished singing at a few concerts, uh, one with the Symphony Orchestra in Montreal uh, a month and a half ago. And, uh, well, it wasn't a Symphony Orchestra. It was some people that were in the Symphony Orchestra were gathered together and that uh, played in both orchestras. It was called the Orchestra of the World, uh, directed by a friend of mine, Yossi Milo. And we played that song. And, of course, every time we sing it in concert, everybody sings. Uh, I'm even, uh, I even take that song and I put it during the prayers, but I changed the words from English to Hebrew uh, and use Psalm 150 uh, to, uh, to fit in the words of that song. And of course, the song is Hallelujah. Uh, is that the one that you were thinking about? Well, well it wasn't actually... <laughs> Okay. The so, but let's talk about Hallelujah for a minute. Uh, Hallelujah is certainly one of Leonard Cohn's best-known pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leonard Cohn uh, found that it was um, a powerful song um, after uh, the events called 9-11. Um, and that... Um, Many people have recorded the song, um, as with others. Um, I was thinking of his newest one entitled You Want It Darker. Yes, yes, and that's the, the last one. Yeah. That's the last one. And the earlier one from 1974 entitled Who by Fire. Who by Fire. Um, exactly. But that didn't come to your mind. Well, I did, but I was going to go one by one. Okay, so we have about <laughs> two minutes. But you got them right. You got them right. Um, the last one was the, the one that has almost was almost like a requiem and almost saying to uh, saying goodbye to the world. Uh, yes, he, he recorded that shortly before he died. And for those listeners who weren't aware, Leonard Cohn grew up in Montreal. That much was known. And he grew up yes. in a synagogue. And Kendra yes. Ben Lolo, what synagogue did he grow up in? That's Shari Shemayim. Shari Shemayim, a large congregation in um, Montreal. He was a member Correct. of their choir. And for this last song, he went back to that congregation and asked the Chazan... Uh, and the choir to participate with him 
Exactly. In a song um, entitled, You Want It Darker, Challenging God to, um, how shall we say, Um, challenging God with regard to um, the um, evil in the world. Um, as he writes in the song, if you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, it means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then mine must be the shame. You want it darker. And it's um, the question uh, a person elderly in life um, asks um, of God with the end of his life. Correct. Um, you're not going to be singing that song, but you are going to be singing Leonard Cohn and probably Hallelujah. And I yeah. want to thank you for joining with me and sharing with me about Pekuach Nefesh and about your concert. You. On behalf of all the listeners of Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, we wish you good luck. For Rabbi thank Stephen so Garten, uh, I wish you success. To our listeners, uh, I wish you a good day and shalom. Shalom, I'll leave you behold.